it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. From your commish, Tommy Muff. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one of Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, back with another hot one tonight with an exciting group of guests to talk about the Scott Fishbowl 10 draft taking place on July 6th. So we're, what, less than four days away from this thing. So this is your last chance to finalize your draft strategy by listening to this podcast this weekend while you're sipping on some White Claws and firing up the grill for this 4th of July. And for those of you listening to this pod that have not competed in the Scott Fishbowl and are curious about what it is and are trying to get in next year, go sign up. He just he just posted the sign-up sheets. Here's a quick rundown of the Scott Fishbowl. It's a 1,440-team fantasy tournament with a super flex spot, no trades, no kickers, no defense. And the SFB has its own unique scoring settings that change every year and pitting fans versus analysts versus celebrities to see who will be crowned the SFB champion. With 100% of the proceeds raised by the tournament and affiliates like Rotoware and the SFB Potathon going to the Toys for Tots charity, where Scott and his team purchased toys for kids in need, last year raising over $17,000 for charity. It's a great tournament. So let's get started by introducing this great cast of characters joining me to talk SFBX strategy in this Around the Horn style format for today's show. And let's see if I can get them to spell the beans on their strategy for you. So first up, we're going to start with the guy with the 102 spot, the runner-up from the SFB9, Tommy Garrett, who's an analyst and ranker for Pro Football Network. What's up, Tommy? Welcome to the two-on-one. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been uh, definitely looking forward to this podcast for sure. Yeah, I am really excited to have you on, coming in almost winning the whole thing last year, getting so, so close. Gotta get the almost in there. <laughs> I was rooting for you, man. I, I really thought you had it. I thought I did too, but Aaron Jones thought otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it happens, unfortunately. And that's fantasy football for you. So you can get that close and then one run just misses it. But I wanted to have you on the show this year uh, to talk about this year's SFB because you got so close that there's definitely some free nuggets that you got for us today. Let's hope I can bring something because I'm. It's this is definitely going to be a different year from last year. I think there's going to be a lot more strategies that are going to be needed rather than just finding the guys that are going to get you that boomer bust and make sure they get those 50 yards. I think it's going to be a lot different this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I feel like a lot more people know a lot more about the scoring and have been studying a lot more on what guys they need to get to maximize the scoring that they have in SFB. So at the 104, so we're bringing you. A bunch of guys on this show that are drafted at different spots. So we're going to spread out the draft strategy between the first round. So at the 104, we have BZ. You can find him on Twitter at WBZBFF. He's the co-creator of Dynasty Sons and co-host of the Unscripted Podcast. What's up, BZ? Welcome to the two-on-one. Hey, what's up, my guy? Thank you for having me. It's been a while. It's been a bit here. We've been trying to get this going. So uh, it's awesome to be on here doing uh, the first pod with you, and it's also my first time in the fishbowl. So, oh, right. you know, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be picking up them nuggets from you boys, too. 
So, so how are you feeling going into your first one this year? You, do you think you're ready or feeling nervous? Oh, I, oh I'm not ready, dude. I'm, I, I, I <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, this is one of those things where, like, you know, you're just trying to catch the landscape and see what's going on out there. But then when you look at this scoring and you look at all the different, you know, little ins and outs of this thing, <clears throat> like I said, I got, I got some stuff written down. I got some, I got some strategy that I'm looking at. But at the end of the day, this is one of those, you know, you got to go hard at it. You got to. <laughs> You just, you just kind of got to go get it because I, I don't think there's like a – I don't know if, this, if there's a strategy that's going to get you a guaranteed playoff win or if it's just you're going to have to get some luck somewhere. So Yeah, yeah we'll and, see. And, and, and a league with no trades too. You know, it's, it's so much, I think, rides on the draft uh, in this league. It's almost like a best ball draft. I mean, the scoring is essentially best ball, but you, you can't mess up this draft. And – I did exactly. terribly last year because I messed up my first pick by going Melvin Gordon at the 107 because that's what oh. everyone in my group chat said. Okay, that's what we're doing, Melvin Gordon, and then he didn't play. You know, I've always keep the flexibility out there, and I'm just gonna go with my gut when I get it because, you know, I I'm at the 104, so you know you're looking at the four of you know Mahomes, Lamar, CMC, Barkley are all gonna be there. One of them's gonna be there. So I mean, that's pretty much what falls and what I feel comfortable with there is what I'm going to do. And then the rest of the draft is just going to be seeing what other people do. You know, someone's going to pull something out of their butt and, mm-hmm. you know, totally mess up and put somebody on tilt and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, in, in the intro, there's, you're, we're going up against some of these, some great, great fancy analysts, great guys in the industry, uh, guys that do this for a living and, 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 and just also celebrities and, and their average fans. So, the drafts are such a mix of different types of talent levels, uh, different types of knowledge base, and different types of strategies too. So uh, it, it's 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 not going to be like you're you know a lot of us playing in Twitter leagues with each other, um, and, and you're going against you know relatively similar competition. So it, it's it's very interesting how these drafts turn out with the mix of talent that's in there. Absolutely. All right. So at the one hundred and five, coming back to the show. One of our favorite guests to this show, the Fantasy Football Stoner. You can find him on Twitter, Hi. at FantasyFBStoner. And he's the marketing That's director me. for the Undroppables. What's up, Stoner? Welcome back. What's going on, Tommy? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you on the, back on the show. You know, it's... Thank you for uh, thank you for the invite. It's been a minute. I mean, this whole coronavirus thing even has kept us neighbors apart from each other <laughs> for three months. Yeah, I'm waiting. Uh, long past due for a for a session and a fish taco. One hundred percent, and and I'm hoping that football is back this fall, so we can go have that session over at Zubies down the street, watching some awesome football. Yes, let's make that happen. So what's up, Stoner? Is this uh, is this your first fish bowl, or how many is this for you? This is my second, actually. I did get in last year when I first started my little Twitter brand. Uh, I guess all the invites had already gone out in 2018 so i just missed it but last year i did get in i made the playoffs i think i made it to the second round of the playoffs but you know i didn't really know my strategy last year was to end up with Dak and drew Brees at quarterback and i got them both nice and uh i completely shit the bed at running back (laughs) and uh you know it was a grind to get to the playoffs but um i had a lot of fun and that was the most important part and you mentioned uh, you know, how we get to play with some of these 
celebrities and analysts and all these big wigs in the industry and uh i think i'm lined up with all of them this year <laughs> Who, who's the what's the biggest name in your division uh matthew barry oh the Barry. I, I am in the Boom. uh in the sorry the sorry division with uh with the king himself so oh that's gonna be fun to watch <laughs> It's going to be fun. He also has the 1-1, one, one, so I have to believe he's probably going to take Mahomes or Lamar, but, I mean, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, and I haven't listened to the latest – one of those two. I haven't listened to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Focus to see if he's giving away anything, um, but I know his uh, compadre, Daniel Dopp, uh, at the 102 is definitely feeling Lamar Jackson, so – um, if those two guys are talking, and, and like I said, it's a super flex league, um, I think that's the way it might be going. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. I, I uh, you know, I had requested the wrestler figure division since that was, you know, the thing that my brother and I fucking lived on when we were kids. And oh, yeah. It turned out that, like, more than everyone, more than any other division, that was the most preferred or second most preferred. So. I shot Scott a message and said, you can move me to Matthew Berry's division and put me in any draft spot you want. Hell yeah. It's time for me to take a shot at the King. So I'm not going to miss. Well, I can't wait to see you take him down. Cause that will be awesome just to get a win over a guy like that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. So at the one Oh seven, another returning guest to the show, our friend, our good friend from up North, Travis Seal, you can find on Twitter at TSeal14. He's the co-creator and co-host of the True North Fantasy Football podcast and website and new network. Uh, what's up, Travis? Welcome to the two-on-one. What's going on, Tommy? Thanks for thanks for having me back, man. This is actually the first podcast I ever did a guest spot on, and that was like right as we were dropping our first episode. So no it's pretty good to be back on chatting with you guys. I know we we interact pretty much every day or every second day, all of us. So it's uh, it's nice to get on the pod with you guys. Yeah, man. I, shoot, I forgot that was your first one when you and Ty came on. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been. Uh, we've come a long way. I think I. I listened back to it a, a couple months ago or something like that, and definitely you could tell there was a little nerves in, in play, but uh, yeah, I feel like we're hitting our stride now, my man. Yeah, man. And so uh, what what Scott Fishbowl is this for you? Number one. This Number is my first one. one. Nice. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to hear, like uh, like BZ said, the nuggets from you guys and just kind of soak some of this stuff in. And yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to be a part of it this year. So have you been any uh, in any Twitter uh, 107 group chats or anything, talking strategy with anybody? Yeah, I got a group chat going, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it uh, tonight, I'm sure. But uh, 107 is a bit of a tricky spot. It opens up uh, a lot of different strategy points after the kind of the consensus top five go. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that spot because there's a lot of options as far as roster building. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the spot I had last year, right? And so it really was in between kelsey and and melvin gordon but kelsey ended up going i think at 106 or 105 in my league and so melvin gordon was definitely the play there so i feel like it's just a tricky spot where you can go any number of directions but you got to hit it right or else you're going to be screwed and have your guy hold out or be hurt or something like that yeah man i'm i'm scouring the scoring settings and checking all that you know i've been looking at five years back to see how how people have been scoring with these type of settings and stuff. And I, I'm getting pretty deep into it. It's, it's a lot of nerd fun. alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point point Dexter up here. It's uh yeah, it's just cool to see like what these, what these guys did in these particular seasons and, you know, 
how many of this position finished within the top whatever or, or whatnot and see uh, kind of how that works so yeah I, i'm just i'm just stoked to soak it all in man yeah yeah i think it's i think it's good in like every position it's it's such a different strategy and uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited to get it going i'm, I'm real curious to see how uh, our first draft is going to turn out um yeah it's i'm pumped i don't know if you guys can tell i'm just fucking pumped right now <laughs> all right oh, so yeah. rounding rounding out the crew tonight at the 111 spot so giving us our back of the round advice is our friend d brown you can find him on twitter at d brown ff88 he's also the co-creator of dynasty sons and the Twitter, the social media director of the Undroppables, our great friend, D Brown. What's up, man? Welcome to the two on one. Yo, what's up, Tommy? Appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man, it's it's been good. We've we've chatted for a long time, but this is the first time to have you on the podcast. I'm excited that you're here. <clears throat> I'm excited to dip my toes into the two on one pond. Hell yeah. So same question to you. Is this uh, your first Scott Fishbowl or were you in before? This is my first, so I'm another first timer, and uh, I'm fucking stoked about it. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm, um, and then what division did you end up in? Uh, I went with Street Sharks. Uh, you know, I, nice. I, I dabbled with them a little bit in my childhood, and I was just kind of scrolling through them and just looking for something that hit me, something that I felt like I could get a pretty good uh, avi going. And yeah. my my son actually, I've had him watching it uh, a little bit here and there, so. It's been cool. I figured it was something I could get him excited about, so that was that was kind of part of the reason I chose it as well. Man, I used to love Street Sharks. Is that the one where they're like mutant sharks and they play like street hockey? Yeah, and then they, yeah. you know, they're rocking like the pants and the knee pads, and yeah, blading like, through the streets and shit. Man, I love that shit. That was such a good show, and it's like such a random like concept too. That might yeah, be the no. most '90s things I can think of. 100. <laughs> percent Yeah. So oh, yeah. you know, and that—that's part of it—is just finding that little bit of nostalgia that you can grip onto, you know, and just kind of have fun with it. So I'm excited about the 111. I feel like we get some good options and are kind of able to set the tone for the second round. Uh, you know, so but it all just kind of depends on what unfolds ahead of us. But we got—we got some plans. I've been in a, a few of the uh, group chats for the 111. And they told me to give you guys the smoke tonight, not give away anything. <laughs> I told them I'd see what I could do. No, we're gonna pull it out of you, man. You're everyone's spilling the beans tonight. It, this is this is the podcast. Like I said, the last chance. So you're gonna get everything that you need. Anything that you're questioning yourself about, what to do for this draft, we're gonna give it to you. We're gonna solve those mysteries for what you should do at each draft position, or at least at least in every uh, uh, position of the draft. And so. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's get it going, you know, and with, uh, you know, first up, let's, let's go right back to, to Tommy Garrett, you know, and so in the ideal world, um, at the 102, oh, and I also have the 102, so we have two Tommies, say, it's not just me. yeah, we have two Tommies on the show with the 102, so this is going to be interesting because I want to hear what you're going to say so I can either steal it or do something different. Yeah, I need you to talk me into whatever I'm going to decide on also. <laughs> yeah, so so who's your target right now or or what are you thinking for that first uh for that first pick at the second spot? Everything it sounds like so far, especially if we hear any talk come from the 101s. It doesn't sound like at all like Chris McCaffrey is going to fall to us. Yeah. If he is there, I think that's the smash play. Even though I understand you have the week 13 bye week to worry about, but if you can get the bye week during that for our playoffs, then it doesn't become an issue. Yeah. Besides that, then you have to make the choice. Do you want to build your team at the running back position or the quarterback position? 
So it's either do you go Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, depending on which one you like, the higher floor of Patrick Mahomes or the rushing upside of Lamar Jackson with the points per first down bonus that we have this year, or you go for Saquon Barkley, or even if you like um, Ezekiel Elliott, I think you can make a case for him there as well. Uh Um, Uh So I think it really just depends on do you feel safer building a team from the running back or from the quarterback position most, given that it's super flex, and then what can make it back to you? Because that's the issue with me and you, is you almost feel like you have to reach. Because I was in the situation last year where I had the 11th pick. And so every pick you feel like you're either getting a piece of value or you're reaching to get your guy. Yeah. And so we really have to worry about, okay, when you're playing with people that you don't normally play with, you don't know their tendencies. You play enough leagues with people, you can kind of get an idea of, okay, this person likes running back early, this person goes quarterbacks, how they like to build their roster. So for us, we're trying to have to try to predict and try to make the safest play and what we think will actually be the highest percentage play to give us a good team. And I think that's the, the biggest question going into this is, are we going quarterback or do we go running back? So in any world do you think CMC does fall to you? Do, do you know who your 101 is that's drafting your division? Uh, the 101 for me is um, FL2 drink minimum, I think I believe is his Twitter handle. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I have seen a couple. I mean, you get, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have all seen in your Twitter chats that people are posting the pictures of their draft boards that they're in with other people try to give you a little bit of advice. So I know he has gone Patrick Mahomes in one, and then he did a live stream one night, and I jumped in, and I posed a question, not asking direct, but I was like, if you guys had the 101 in a Superflex redraft league, who would your pick be? <laughs> Hoping I could get him to slip up. I got called out on the spot pretty quickly. They knew right um, away. Yeah, they, they called that one out. Um, <laughs> he brought up actually Saquon Barkley at that point, which for me was just a smokescreen, because obviously mm-hmm. you're going Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um so, unfortunately, I don't have a good idea what he's going to go with yet. Um, but, I mean, if you can get CMC at the, at the 102, I'll take that, and then I can find whatever quarterback that falls on me. Maybe it's potentially Drew Brees, even though he's the worst-kept secret in all the super in all the Scott Fishbowl, it seems. We've got to be quiet about that, dude. <laughs> you just said we're going to give out all the tidbits, oh, so yeah, yeah, here I am. Right. That's right. Yep. I give out all the tips. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're you're another 102. So what's what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, I, I'm I'm praying that CMC falls to me at 102. I've been sending out a tweet, at least one or two tweets a day to Al Zeldenfield, uh, who's the yep. 101 in my division, just trying Smiggle. to. You're just trying to throw anything out there, you know. Uh, oh yeah, you got to go, Mahomes. That's the one-on-one. You got to do it. You know, just trying to throw yeah. some misinformation out there. People are like asking me, like, "Hey, what's going on?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm just trying to put something in his head, put a different idea, because <laughs> I really have no idea where he's gonna go." And I think, you mm-hmm. know, and, and Stoner and I talked about this before the uh, before the pod. You know, it, that big four is kind of right about there with Mahomes and Lamar and CMC and Barkley. So. You know, I think you're absolutely right, Tommy. Um, if CMC goes first, you are just kind of making that decision between running back or quarterback. Um, yep. And and personally, um, I'm I think I'm leaning running back. Um, looking at who can come back to you at the the two three turn. Um, I, I don't like those running backs as my RB one as much as who's available, who's going to be available at the one hundred two, and then who's going to be mm-hmm. available at quarterback uh, at that two three turn. So I, I'm, I'm kind of just praying CMC falls to me. Um, I, I get very much understand the reasons why you would go Mahomes or Lamar. Um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a running back guy. I've kind of always been. Yeah. And 
Um, you know, Dynasty, I think, you know, changes our strategy a little bit, but this goes back to redraft, you know, and it's just this year. So just thinking about, you know, I don't have to worry about long-term or anything like that, just who's going to produce this year. I, I have a hard time passing on someone like Barkley or Zeke. Um, and, and I'll just put out there, if CMC's taken, I'm going Barkley. That That's my pick. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is, too, is like what we have to think about is, if we start quarterback, then you might want to double tap on running back. But if you're sitting there in the third and you have Mark Andrews sitting there, giving that this is tight end premium mm-hmm. and the positional scarcity, there's a solid chance you go balanced and go a quarterback, running back, whatever order you want to go to. Let's say you go quarterback. If you can walk out of that first three rounds with Barkley, Drew Brees, and um, Mark Andrews, I, I think you're tickled to death at that point. Yeah, that's that's a solidly balanced team right there. Yeah, Woo. and the other one I think of would be if you went, say, Patrick Mahomes and then grab Kenyon Drake, Mark Andrews. Uh, that's the two that I look at. I'm like, I would love either one of those starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't like Kenyon Drake for some reason, and I was talking to other people today about it, and I think we could do a half a pod on just trying to like sell me on Kenyon Drake. Um <laughs> I just don't I'm in like on that because he's my running back six in PPR. See, there it is, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I haven't even ranked him yet. I just I just don't like it, and I could be totally wrong about it, and I could be eating my words in, you know, six months from now. But, yeah, that's why that's why I think, you know, with my strategy, it's running back first, um, possibly second. Um, but, but, you know, that first uh, scenario that you put out there, I, I really like that with, with Andrews there in the third. Yep, I agree. All right, so moving on to to BZ at the 104. Who's your first pick? Oh, well, in an uh, ideal world, you don't have to get because I know we're getting into like the meat of it. You don't have to give your whole strategy up, even though I want you to. Yes, he does. Just, I just had to. Yeah, I mean, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about? We're not doing double standards. You know, in in an in an ideal situation, I would love to see Barkley fall here. There, there is a chance because, you know, with Lamar and, and Mahomes and then uh-huh. CMC, that would be, you know, prime for me there. Um, you know, I, ha- I haven't really looked at I know I'm I know who's in my division. I know Justin Boone is number one overall. So he's taken the uh, kind of what he does is going to kind of set the tone for what's going forward. And yeah. like I said, we'll go Barkley. Um, if, you know, if he doesn't make it to me, uh, then I'm going to assume that both CMC and Barkley went. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to be choosing between, my um, guess is at that point I'm looking at Lamar. Yeah. So I would be, uh, I, I feel pretty good getting Lamar at that spot and, and kind of maybe taking a shot on him to, to start building the quarterback first and then hit some value in the running backs and wide receivers later. Any thought about taking, you know, cause Zeke is also available there too. Um, and and I, it goes back to that, you know, what, what Tommy was saying with the running back quarterback strategy, just what do you choose and what do you prefer? You know, it's it's kind of funny because once he said that, I kind of like was looking at it. And I'm like, you know what? Zeke actually might not be a bad spot there because, I mean, well, obviously he's not a bad spot there. He's freaking number one running back. But, <laughs> you know, it, I, I think sometimes when you're – that's kind of why I said when I was like breaking it down. It's like you're looking at those four, so now you got to look outside the box. So now Zeke becomes into play. And, I mean, if you really want to get creative and maybe take a shot, you can always throw Kittle in the mix mm. with it being a tight end premium. Mm. I know Stoner is a little. I know how Stoner feels about Ooh. that. So yeah, he's got to make. I love me some George Kittle, baby. 
yeah. If I took if I took Kid out the one hundred four, he'd be the only one in the freaking whole thing, just being like, "You just won the fucking <laughs> Scott Fishbowl, dude." What I love it is if they had make if Josh ADHD makes the um, drafting app oh, again this yes. year, and we can see oh. who took who early. Yes, you will likely have right on top the title of George Kittle's number one fan. Yep. Insert Jack Nicholson gif here. And and that's a little bit of an inside joke uh, running with us. If anyone doesn't know, it's the Jack Nicholson totally uh, jerking it gif because that is pulling his side hot take. Yeah, it's the greatest gif of all time, dude. The the day that's the day that Stoner dropped that on me, I lost my shit. That was so good. (laughs) It's such a good one. And so, um, and so at that one of four spot, you know, you're you're in a situation where I think you get to kind of dictate how you want to build your team, and I think it's a good spot to be in because you're you're not going to get the number one or number two player, or you know, number one quarterback or number one receiver, you know, maybe or running back, maybe not, but but you can pivot either way depending on what the first three guys do. Absolutely, and like I said, it's you know. Uh, Honestly, I kind of feel like I'm I'm all, I'm never a, a quarterback guy early. I've kind of done it a few times this year just to change it up and to try the different strategy, but I've always primarily gone running back and I cuz I just think it's like after a certain point it just starts to fall off real quick. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a guy like, you know, like I said if Barkley and CMC go and you can get Zeke at the four spot, well, you know, with the volume that he's going to see this year and that offense is going to have a lot of scoring opportunity. That's a pretty solid, yeah. Pretty solid bet at the four spot. And he's already had COVID, right? So he might be immune and be fine <laughs> to go while other people are getting sick and can't play. That, that's a very good point, dude. Very good point. And so I think Keep that's safe. Inter- I think that's interesting too. With you know, with these super flex drafts, I think there's been times where a lot of us see this like huge push for uh, quarterbacks super early. And and I think in a lot of leagues and and guys that we know and interact with on Twitter definitely are like to wait on quarterbacks you know but but you get these super flex leagues and you get guys that that are in your division that may not be you know as savvy or have playing in a lot of uh, fantasy leagues you know and and they're just eating up all the quarterbacks and um so like i said i think it's going to be real interesting to see what other people are doing right in front of you and then knowing what's coming up behind you uh, you know and the rest of the draft no, absolutely. And just a quick question for you guys too, just not to throw it too long, but did you guys ever have you guys heard that on Twitter yet about somebody saying is it worth drafting, you know, or worth having the second quarterback in your super flex spot? Have you seen that question yet? I have seen that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I w- I was curious to your thoughts just with the scoring and stuff like that cuz I don't really think I didn't think it made much sense. I mean, I think your quarterback still gives you the best opportunity for, you know, max yeah. points. But for me, it depends you know, on who your second quarterback is. Worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Like to me, the argument was put as just such a worst case scenario of like if we use the floor of Sam Darnold last year, who would have been a negative twenty six in SFBX scoring versus whatever your flex would have been at that point in your super flex spot. Like for me, your quarterback's going to give you your safest floor in this most likely, and if you're looking for consistency. I think you're going to have to have a quarterback in your in your flex spot, unless you're going to be planning on trying to find someone that comes up on waivers, like we had a Gardner Minshew last year. Like, I, I just, got lucky and was able to snag him when Breeze went down, or I would have been fucked. Nice. And how much fab did that cost you? All of it? 
All of all, almost all of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was a hundred dollar fat for the most the, part. It was the mustache. I had to. I had no choice. No, oh, the mustache and the jorts that sold me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had no choice. <laughs> I would have. I would have gone twice as much as I paid for. You know, and BZ, I've <clears throat> I've played in the league with with a guy that that drafted not concerned with his superflex spot at all, and you know he's like, oh, it's not two quarterback, it's superflex, it's a different, you know, it's not the same. You don't have to start someone there, but I think if you take that strategy, take that route, I mean, unless you're getting you know the top tier guys yeah. to be there, you're not going to be outscoring a quarterback on a weekly basis. That's kind of what my thing was. I just, I mean, I get that there's you know. There's, you know, negative points for incompletions and all that stuff as well, so that can tally up. But even at that point, it's like I just didn't think it made a whole lot of sense to not have that quarterback there. I mean, unless it's terrible. I mean, but, I mean, still. It just seems like in this type of draft where you can't make trades, where, you you know what I mean, you're not making trades during the season. So you can acquire all of those. Technically, you cannot acquire all of those top-notch guys. You have to be lucky enough that that you draft them in the later rounds and they become top-notch guys. So I think Absolutely. you're stupid to not have a second quarterback in that spot. And Hell yeah. you might find that they have a bad matchup, and one week it might be right to play somebody else. Right. But over the, over the course of a season, I can't imagine that you're going to do better playing a, a wide receiver or a running back where you should be playing a quarterback. No I mean, doubt. I don't know about you guys, but for me in Superflex, I view it as 2QB, personally. I do, yeah. too. Yeah, I do, too. Yep. Because if you mm-hmm. don't have that third, then what are you doing, too? You know, so if you're already yep. not planning to have a second, you're going to be screwed without a third when bye weeks come or someone gets hurt. Heaven forbid, last year you drafted Andrew Luck and you ran that strategy. What are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. You're scrambling. Oh, yeah. And do I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a double Superflex league that we're in right now, and, man, did I, I got lucky as all hell. I just had... I had Cam Newton as my fourth quarterback. Oh, jeez. Oh, dude. Is that the one the with tra- uh, with Jax? Uh no, no, it's no. This is one. this this is one this is the one I did before that. Jax kind of hit it up after cuz I think he heard us talking about it, but that that league it's a, it's a double superflex, double tight end premium full IDP. So it is like oh. massive. Yeah, Soy latte yeah. caramel macchiato. <laughs> so basically, yes. So, but yeah, you know, I could definitely, the, the quarterbacks a are a must. Yeah, must quarterbacks, dude. Yeah. You got to have them. Don't play the game. Go get them. You could fade quarterbacks for a round or two, but don't fade them for this draft. Mm-hmm. You're going to want quarterbacks. <laughs> Trust. Uh-huh. All right, so moving on to the 105 with the Fantasy Stoner in the middle. You might as well go past me. You guys already talked about Deep already. You don't need me. <laughs> well, you got to get your thoughts in, too. Uh, no, honestly, go ahead, Tommy. Finish what you were going to say, and then... No, that's you know. it. I'm curious who you would get. Who's who's your guy? Who's your first-round target? I, what's, what's your plan? I mean, I, I'd have a hard time not taking Mahomes or Lamar if if they happen to be there at the one five, if that happens, that means somebody probably took Zeke, right? Probably. Um, yeah. At this point, I'm going to presume that Mahomes, Lamar, McCaffrey and Barkley are going to go. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm locked in at one Oh five. I'm taking Zeke. Matthew Barry, you hear that? Yep. Oh, he listens Zeke to this podcast. He, he subscribes. I don't know I if know. he knew that. <laughs> I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> So I'll be taking Zeke at 105. I mean, unless 
Mahomes or Lamar happen to pop into that spot, and then I, I have a difficult time not taking them. Is there any consideration for Alvin Kamara there? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I like Kamara, but, I mean, Zeke is that dude. You're talking about – I'm pretty sure he led the NFL in first down rushes last year. Well, not only that, but he, had, he was the only running back in the NFL last year who never finished as an RB24 or worse. Exactly. And, I mean, th- that those 80 first down rushes or 78, I think, was I yeah. mean, those, those points. I'll take them. Yeah. Um, plus, you already mentioned the possibility that he may have already been infected, which is only is only a plus. You know, if that is the case, then – and I'm not risking a chance of losing my – or not having my RB1 in the first round of the playoffs if I take McCaffrey. I don't hate McCaffrey, but I would really hate to not have my RB1 the first round of the playoffs. I guess my thing with McCaffrey is I'm not necessarily willing to give up 12 weeks of production when I'm only worried about one. Yeah. For sure. I get I got to make it first. Yeah, and yeah, I think, I think knowing. I'm to know that I'm going to make it. Yeah, and maybe, knowing maybe that, you kind of – you just got to prepare for that, right? <laughs> and just try and be try and be deep at running back if you're going to take them. Yeah, and, and figure out who doesn't have the bye weeks, you know, and try to make that those guys strong picks. And, 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 and you know what? And let, let it be known that if McCaffrey is sitting there at 105, I'm not, not taking <laughs> – I have to take him. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But my preference is probably Zeke right now. I think that's a solid pick. I think you're going to be super happy with it, um, and you're 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 getting I think the best available guy there. And so in this super flex format, I mean, you're still getting the top three running back at the five most likely, or you're getting one of the top two quarterbacks. So it's a really right. good spot to be in. And my you know my ultimate plan, I think I would really love to take three running backs to start. Yeah, I like um, that, but. I think it really, like we said, depends on the other people in the league and how they're drafting. I mean, right. if quarterbacks are going a little earlier, maybe maybe that third-round pick's got to be a quarterback, or maybe that second-round pick is now a quarterback. Right. Yeah, you got to read the so, draft, read how it's going. For sure. And I think the last two years, the guys that won started running back, running back, running back. I think it was Paulie that mentioned that somewhere in a group chat or maybe on a comment somewhere and i i can't confirm it but for some reason i think he's right so so tommy you know you were damn close do you remember what your strategy was last year yeah mine last year was um i was at the 111 and so my goal was that point okay i want to see who felt me obviously at that point i actually at the first point i was actually looking to go in tight end tight end to begin with um but all three tight ends went before the 108 for me. So I didn't even get that chance. Wow. Um, I ended up taking Devontae Damn. Adams with my first pick, and then I followed up with Joe Mixon, nice. which really killed okay. me because I got nothing out of him for almost seven weeks of the season. Oh, true. Um, but he really helped you was, in the playoffs because he carried, oh, he absolutely. carried you through the playoffs. Yep. The big players I want to make sure I got last year was I wanted I wanted Carson Wentz because he was my, 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 my most owned quarterback. Um and the big ones were for me. I wanted Lamar Jackson. I wanted Mark Andrews, and I ended up nailing all of those picks. And oh, then nice. I loaded up. I want to make sure I loaded up on some high potential um, tight ends. 
and was able to draft um, Will Disley as well. And that's so for part of the season, given the format, I was starting two tight ends. So I was starting Mark Andrews and Will Disley for a lot of the season until Disley got hurt at that point. Wow. I'm pretty sure I was an Andrews guy last year. Incidentally, I had the one, 105 last year as well and completely shit the bed from the start. Uh, took David Johnson in the first round. So Oof. that was great. Oof. I'm pretty sure my first three picks were David Johnson, uh, Damian Williams, oh, shit. and Todd Gurley. So oh, I don't even know how I made the playoffs last year. So I started uh, I mean, for me. Maybe my... I, okay, wow. I got to reevaluate my strategy of going three running backs. Jesus. I'm taking Dak at the 105. There you go. boy, dude. Kittle it up, dude. Kittle it up. Yeah, my big thing, though, it was I want to make sure I had two quarterbacks by round five. Yeah. And then I the thing is I missed on was, like I said, I took on Johnson in the fourth round. I didn't have a fourth-round pick all season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would guess that my next two wow. picks were uh, Dak and Drew Brees. If I had to guess, um, I could probably go back and find out. But I think yeah. I think I went three running backs, Dak and Drew Brees. Aaron Jones went two spots behind on Johnson now that I'm looking at the draft board again. Oh, oh. oh wow, dude. I'm now going to have oh, wow. a shot. Yeah, you better. Um, I have these little airplane bottles of 99 sitting next to me, so I've got a little thing of 99 peaches sitting next to me. Uh, I'm just going to kill my liver now. Shotgun. (laughs) And that's the crazy thing when we look back on on previous year's drafts and how things went, is there's always guys like Lamar, like Andrews, that fell so far late in the draft that you're able to pick up that are now in the top two rounds, and everyone's targeting it. Everyone knows about it. So. Part of it is just to find I that next guy. On Andrews last year. You win leagues by finding value. Like when guys overperform their ADP, that's what win you championships. Not so much getting guys that then they have to perform at the round you drafted them. Because mm-hmm. if they do any Bingo. worse, that's a bad pick. Yep. Not necessarily a bad pick, but you're not getting any upside. Right. Find players with a baked in upside who have a potential to find targets or opportunities, and that's the ones who you want to target, especially where you can't trade. Damn, that kind of sounds like free nuggets. Hell yeah! Boom. So let's uh, let's keep it rolling to the 107. Travis has this pick. Who is your first round target? Yeah, um, I'm still struggling with it a little bit because I think the 107, the 107 is where it really opens you up to a lot of different strategies, right? Like I could go wide receiver here if MT falls. I could go Kamara here if I wanted to go for a running back. I could go Travis Kelsey here or potentially Stoner's boy George Kittle if I wanted. But I think for me, I'm kind of zeroing in on Kelsey and Kamara. Um, Kamara is because I I like to go running backs in the first round, kind of like you, Tommy. I'm a big running back heavy player. Um, I like to solidify that because it becomes scarce as the season rolls on. And I think having some studs is really nice there. But then, I mean, I look at Travis Kelsey, and he's been top 10 in receiving first downs yeah. for the past three years. Uh, in 2019, he was top five. So I think he provides a major advantage. And uh, I think the 107 is its a tricky little spot because I'm still kind of struggling with it a little bit. But I think I've kind of zeroed it in um, to a couple of guys. Yeah, and Kelsey's a real interesting pick there too because I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's 
performs like a, easily a, a, easily a wide receiver one if not like the, I think it's like the top five or top four receivers yeah he, uh, he was the 12th overall player in SFBX scoring last year there you go. So I think in my projection, he position. comes out as the wide receiver two or the wide receiver three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this it's scoring, uh, in SFBX scoring. Yeah, in this scoring, this yeah. format this year. Yeah. See, and that's why that's not a bad pick there, you know, and it's not, not someone you all. might normally target, but with those points and how the scoring's going, I mean, that, like I said, that was my target at the seventh last year, and, and he was gone at five. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't hate you, but I definitely get trying to go running back. First. Yeah. Well, y- you also have to be prepared to get into recovery mode at the quarterback and running back positions right because you're going to want to be kind of loading up there because you might be missing out on those second tier of players even with your second round pick right so um, there may be positions or um, you may get into a position where you got to reach a little bit from the you know from the 206 or the 307 in order to try and make sure you get these positions so it's it's been a little bit tricky Um, I've been in some mocks there was a mock where I took Michael Thomas at the first pick um, and oddly enough, I got Michael Thomas, Miles Sanders, and Drew Brees in the third round, which I do not think is going to happen no. um, in in the real draft. But that's I think that's ideal world for me because I don't necessarily like going wide receiver at first. But if I can recover from it with a Miles Sanders and a Drew Brees, which uh, whoever that quarterback is in the third round or whatever, it can still be a recovery. I think I think that's what would make that an ideal situation taking a wide receiver in the first round uh, but aside from that because you, you don't know that going into the draft i think i'm probably going to go a little bit safer uh, but if michael thomas is there at 107 it's it's going to be a little bit enticing i mean he's my favorite receiver and has been for years so i i don't know i i like that pick a lot and i think there's still some real quality running backs coming back to you in the second round uh that mm-hmm. if you did build with michael thomas you could definitely still get a really solid running back in the second yeah for sure and I think he he kind of allows you to feel better about fading your wide receiver two and three spot Uh, whereas when you get back into the rounds where obviously I still like Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson but if you get one of those types as your wide receiver one you you might want to feel like you you want to stock up those cupboards a little bit more Mm -hmm. Um, but with Michael Thomas as kind of that horse on the top you can kind of freely build the rest of your roster and not necessarily worry about building a whole bunch of it's, it's kind of a quantity over quality situation, right? You, you have to build quantity if you go a little bit later and then knowing you have that quality at the top, you can build quality at the other positions too. Damn, we are already hitting it with uh, free nuggets. <laughs> so I'm loving this podcast so far. So I would have a question actually for you guys too. Yeah. Um, and kind of like what you just brought up about, getting your wide receiver one and then waiting on wide receiver two. I don't, maybe it's just me, but it seems like every, everyone that we in our DM groups and the general consensus, everyone is fading wide receivers. So at a certain just, point, like someone's yep. going to have to take them. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, it's that's just the easiest one. position. It's the easiest position to fade because it's so deep mm-hmm. and because yeah. it's not, it's not at a premium in this scoring format and running backs, not at a premium either, but running back scarcity makes running backs at a premium, you know, whereas there's, if I could, if I could yeah. chime in here for a second, I think Michael Thomas could also be in play at the one Oh five. I mean, not mm-hmm. maybe for me, but under normal circumstances, I think Thomas is going to eat in this scoring yeah. format. I mean, getting those first down points as well. Oh yeah. He's, yep. Gonna, he's going to be a monster. And then if you can come back in round two and grab a guy like Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb or somebody mm-hmm. who's also going to get a bunch of those 
just eat those points up. I mean, you know, you're coming out pretty strong, but again, then you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta bank on some second tier running backs for right. sure later on to kind of step up. So I don't know. I mean, just wide receivers the latest, so deep. I'm going looking at the back latest ADPs early. for wide receivers. Amari Cooper is going at fifty point six. Cooper Cup is at fifty two point six. Um, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley at fifty eight point one. Adam Thielen at fifty nine point five. Robert Woods yeah. at sixty three and a half. Keenan Allen sixty four. You go down even further. DJ Shark and DK Metcalf are going at seventy one and seventy two. Oh yeah. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of incentive yeah. for taking your wide receivers too early when you can stack up on running backs unless you can land someone like a Michael Thomas who can be a a cornerstone for your franchise. Yeah, he had 91 first downs last year, actually, Michael Thomas. And the second best wide receiver was Julio Jones at 77. So a huge advantage for MT. Totally. And I think the tricky piece for for someone in the 105, like yourself, Stoner, is that you're further back in that second round, right? Whereas me, I can kind of see the path to getting one of those running backs. It's a lot trickier in your position. So, yeah, like you said, you go go out on quite a big limb to, to go wide receiver over running back in in the top half of that first round so i'm kind of liking the 107 spot for that it just opened up a lot of a lot of roster build opportunities for me yeah yeah i'm loving it all right let's 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 hear uh, at the end of the draft you got d brown at 111 what uh what are you thinking after hearing who could be available and what everyone else is doing well it kind of seems like running backs tend to be a kind of a popular trend right now so uh the one thing that we have leaning in our favor is the uncertainty surrounding Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, there's a good chance that he is going to be there at the end of the first, uh, which could present itself a value, but just like other running backs in the past could also present a problem and all but take the wind out of your sails for your first round pick. So Cook is interesting. Um, like everybody else, wide receivers tend to get faded. And like Tommy mentioned, it's just because you get down there to the fifth, sixth, and even seventh round, there's a ton of wide receivers that I like in that area. And the like, like Calvin Ridley? Exactly, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> it's your boy. Oh, man. <laughs> but... You're going to get him all hot and bothered, Tommy. He he already is, dude. He already is. Yeah, totally. Insert insert Jack Nicholson (laughs) gif right here. (laughs) I think he's going to knock it down tonight. tonight. I I actually hate Calvin Ridley. Oh, Oh, whoa. Throwing out the H word. Wow. We'll have to go into that one later on, at least. (laughs) Jesus. Save it for the Calvin Ridley haters podcast. Hate might be a strong one. If there's any Do you also hate puppies? Because, that... I mean, that's like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do. They don't run as good routes, though, I'll tell you that. But at, at the 11th spot, for me, spot, Calvin essentially... Ridley is not a long-term buy. I'm going to tell you now. He's not a long-term buy in Dynasty for me because Julio Jones is a robot. And he'll never be Yeah, but be Scott Fitzgerald is in Dynasty. But we're redraft. Calvin, yeah, I know. But Calvin Ridley, to me, is Amari Cooper. He's going to have big weeks, and he's going to have shitty weeks so the inconsistency is is something that i don't want a part of when it comes no to one's more inconsistent than, than amari cooper he had as many weeks as a wide Cal- receiver fours did a wide receiver one fantasy locust and i had calvin ridley on my team last year i had him on my team 
he's a great dude to have when he goes off. But there, the, the times he goes off are far too. It, there's there's far too much time in between for me. But if you see what happened, like the splits when all of a sudden when they traded Muhammad Sanu, once Calvin Ridley sees eight targets in a game, he's every bit of a touchdown and a hundred yards plus almost. He's a one A and the one B. But they also brought in Todd Gurley for a reason. Okay, and it's not like their offensive line is that great also, but as far as the passing, which I'm concerned about in this one, I'm not worried about Russell Gage. What about everybody's love for Hayden Hurst? Wait, don't sleep on Russell Gage. That dude's a sneaky wide receiver. Three. Plus. I like Russell Gage, but as far as what happens to Calvin Ridley, I don't think that concerns Look, him at all. I like Ridley as a player. I just think that people are drafting him too high for my taking. In a, he's, at pick he's, 70? He's, he's Will Fuller with hamstrings at work. No. No. That's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, D, D at, at, you know, as a Calvin Ridley fan, avid fan, I mean, we're – you know, not to get off too much on on the first round talk, but you know, a guy like Ridley, you know, how how soon are you a, a fan of his uh, targeting him? I mean, I have no problem pulling the trigger probably as early as around the fifth round. That's where that's where I'd hope to be getting him. But I mean, I disagree with Stone as far as the inconsistencies. I feel like that's going to kind of rebound this year, like I said, with the splits now that Sanu and Hooper have moved on. I'm buying into Hurst, too, but, you know, he doesn't need to be a 70-plus reception guy to be valuable. Uh, hey, who, Calvin who are some of those wide receivers of... being drafted around Ridley right now? Whoever was reading the ranks. Was that Tommy? Yeah, that was Tommy. Uh, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, yeah. Amari Cooper... DJ Chark, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen. Yeah. I, mean, I would literally take almost all of them over Calvin Ridley. Well, I think that's going to be a mistake this year. <laughs> so, so who's your? Who, so you're mentioning Dalvin Cook at the 111. Um, is that is that kind of if he's there? You know, given uh, his potential, you know, well, he's holding out. Um, is that your? Do you have any reservations about taking him at the one eleven? I mean, potentially, and you know, you might be able to make a case for one or two other guys, you know, running back wise that aren't Cook. But it just kind of comes down to the field in front of us. You know, if running backs start going soon, we almost are forced to, you know, get the tail end of that art. You know, that second tier of running backs before you know third fourth comes back around, and that pool could be dried up. So. It just kind of depends if if uh, Kelsey were somehow to fall in our draft, I feel like he would be a no brainer smash. Yeah, and then you have a couple of quarterbacks, you know, kind of falling into that range, the Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, you know, guys that are up for uh, a potential selection there in that turn as well. Uh, it's just where I also, think... if, if you don't mind me questioning, is this a position where maybe you're taking some of those receivers? like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, maybe, and and snagging some of those guys and then hoping to pick up some mid-tier running backs later, like, a, I don't know, David Montgomery or even like Jordan Howard later on. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like you said, I mean, it would almost take like a Devontae Adams to be there, and I don't know that 
Tyreek Hill or the next wide receiver would even really be in my wheelhouse. But if Thomas or Adams were there, I would definitely have to put some thought into it. Yeah. But running back, quarterback, tight end, I mean, everything, it just, it really just depends. I could catch a piece of the top tier tight end uh, or top tier quarterback if the running backs are already starting to drown out. Like I said, wide receiver is just, there's so and much. Depending depth. on. Who goes ahead of you? You might get lucky and end up with a bunch of or two of the top tight ends sitting there, Kelsey and Kittle. And that would be a game changer and a, a real edge to to if you could lock both of those up. And I wouldn't be opposed if Kelsey's mm-hmm. there. I'll smash Kelsey. And if Kittle's on the on the way back, yeah, sorry about you. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do uh, last year, but they went so early I couldn't get a hold of them. And and I, I have a feeling that Kelsey won't be there at eleven, so. I'm not banking on that, but I, it's definitely a strategy that we have talked about. Just really being able to corner that tight end market off the rip would really put guys in a panic in the you know third and fourth round yeah. when they're pulling the trigger trying to catch up to the tight end mm-hmm. market. You're going to watch that value sure. fall. Yeah, and, and it'll and also it's... speed up how soon Mark Andrews gets picked as well because right. we see him a lot of times going to that like turn area of the yeah. two three. Right. He'll actually end up turning way sooner in the second round at that point if all of a sudden people panic by Kittle and Kelsey going. And, and we've yeah. been talking Kittle, Kittle and Kelsey, you know, early, you know, or mid to, to late first round. I mean, and is it is it going to be a big jump, you know, for the next guy? Is, is it Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz? Um, and, and, you know, are, are, you, are we targeting these guys, especially in this format, so early because there's such a game breaker and then just waiting you know, for tight end later on, second round, third round, um, or, or even later because, you know, yes, it is tight end premium, but outside those top two guys is, you know, I feel like there's a big jump to the next guy. I'm, I'm waiting on tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it would be hard for me to pass on Kittle if he were there with my second pick because obviously I love the dude, but right. I'm going to assume that he's not going to be. And I'm going to snag some dudes later on. I'll not. mention a guy later on that I like. I'll say, um, I think we'll come back to that one. For yeah, sure. yeah. So, um, you know, and let's, let's, let's go back, you know, go back the other way because it's, it's a draft and, you know, you go back and forth. Um, D, if at the second, uh, you know, not to go into like second round too much, but if you're, if you're taking that strategy of Cook um, or maybe it's tight end in the end of the first round, you know, you're, you're picking two picks af- uh, later. Uh, what's your who, who's your target for the second? You know, like what are you trying to pair it up with if you start running back? I, you know, I'm not opposed to you know punting quarterback. You know, past the first and the second round. I just think the little bit of ambiguity that the uh, that the scoring presents is enough that where you might see some guys who you know don't normally get picked as early as they do start to kind of creep up there and likewise other guys that might start to fall because of it that quarterback scoring has been manipulated just enough to where i don't think there's tons of people that are really sure who they value and yeah. another thing is the redraft aspect of it i mean 99 percent of what all of us do is really dynasty oriented mm-hmm. and you know i've struggled with doing redrafts is shutting that down because you know you do enough dynasty startup drafts 
and that is uh, it becomes a one-way thought process yeah. of youth and opportunity and you know painting yourself a, a picture of for the future but you got to turn that shit off and just you know be in the here and now and recognize you know who who's a value in 2020 so right you know i i really want to stay flexible and i think by you know potentially locking up a running back and or a top tier tight end or potentially one of the top four quarterbacks in this format is really going to give me the most flexibility moving into the third and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so Travis, you know, in, in, in this scoring format, um, what, what players or even just positions are you valuing the most? And, you know, we, we've definitely been talking about quarterback and running back a lot. Um, but, but what's your take? Yeah, I think, I think there is obviously a premium on those top tight ends. They've got the, pre, the tight end premium, obviously. They get a full point per reception where the other players get a half. So um, at the 107, like I said, like Kelsey is very, very enticing at the 107. And I mentioned he finished as the 12th overall player in, uh, in SFB scoring. And George Kittle was the 27th overall player. So um, that's really, really high-end production out of a scarce position in the tight ends. Actually, Tommy, your boy Darren Waller was 27 sixth overall he was a half point ahead of george kittle in this scoring so uh that was just kind of a shout out to them raiders so yeah i mean there's obviously obviously there is a premium on tight end but the funny thing about that that is like for me if i'm not going for kelsey at the top or maybe even kittle in the second then i'm probably gonna fade them a little bit because the mocks that i've been been in kind of have those guys falling a little bit where in like the sixth round you can get good tight end production and in that situation i'm probably going to stack two to three tight ends where i'm going to hit on one of those guys uh, because you want to hit on that premium but if you're not taking a top tier guy then i'm I'm trying to build two or three almost like a best ball where you're just going to take a few options that have the upside Um, but obviously i have to make sure that i put that guy in the starting lineup that week but definitely there is a premium on the tight end and i mean aside from that it's just running back and quarterback balance for me i really want to build that um drew Brees is fantastic in this format kirk cousins even Derek carr is a bit of a sleeper in this format i think aaron Rodgers is uh is a little bit slept on because he doesn't throw picks but yeah there's there's a lot of different ways you can go but i think those those quarterbacks who are safe with the ball workhorse running backs and then of course some upside tight ends yeah i guess my question for those of us at the 102 what are the odds that breeze makes it back to us because i'm low on it personally uh zero in my opinion i don't think it's zero dude i think it's gonna go quick. i think he's gonna probably go at the back of the first in a lot of drafts i've seen some people debate taking him in the top half of the first which is a little bit hefty for me i'd rather just wait and take three other guys who will give me replacement value on that but um i can see the merit in it with how good he looks in last year's scoring and if you put a full season under his belt I think he was on pace for like 39 touchdowns. Um, so it was it was a big year for Drew Brees, and if he can repeat that, then look out. Yeah, it's like, it, I hope it, no one in my division is listening. But for me, Drew Brees is QB three in this year's mm-hmm. set, in this year's settings in my projections. Personally, I love him. Yep. But like I said, like I said earlier, he's the worst kept secret of all the Scott Fishbowl. Well, definitely now. He's definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely been talking uh, yeah, about. Yeah, dude, it's, it's been all over the place. <laughs> if you don't already know, which you should, now you're going to know. You know, yeah. and, draft and, accurate QBs who don't hold on to the ball and throw touchdowns. It's kind of simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and in my division, um, the second half of of the draft order, I think it's like six through twelve or or seven through twelve, are all fans, and and the first half is all industry guys, and so I'm real curious to see how that's really going to change things if a guy mm-hmm. like Drew Brees is going to sneak back to to was it the the two eleven. Um, or are are the fans uh, going to be hip to it because they're listening to all the podcasts? Right. They're they're soaking up all the knowledge that's being put out there, you know. And, and you have your your industry guys, your analysts that are, you know, obviously probably targeting them too, but also trying to do their own strategy and not listening to what a lot of other people are doing. Agreed. And so, Tommy, um, you know that that was a question I was thinking about <clears throat> earlier. You know, especially at the one or two or other positions. Um, sometimes in, in fantasy leagues and drafts and dynasty leagues, and especially when you're in so many with so many other people, um, mm-hmm. some, and something that came up in our, our one two group chat was, you know, should you be zigging when everyone else is zagging? Should you just try, because there's so many people out there, you know, is, is being a contrarian actually going to help you, uh, in the Scott fishbowl and doing what other people doing differently than what other people are doing because so many people are probably going to do very similar things. It makes sense in a way, but at the same time, it's like you can't get away from the values that you have on how you build a team. Like you can shoot yourself in the foot and overanalyze pretty quickly doing this kind of a thing. Like I'm sure you've all seen in your group chats where everyone is around this situation. Well, okay, now I think this, and you know, it changes 20 different times. Um, You can go contrarian to an extent, but at the same time, you've got to take value when it comes to you. The best players are going to win you the Scott Fishbowl. It's finding those later on guys that can build you, build up your points per week and, and raise your floor. Um, but for me, it's like, I don't, I think we all kind of have the same idea on how we want to build a team. What I think will be interesting is we've all been doing the ADP mocks that have been happening. It's how much is the actual Scott Fishbowl or actual draft is going to change when you add the fans into it because we might right. be more plugged in and your mocks are going to be plugged in because those are people that are really hammering in their different strategies. Right. When we start incorporating people that maybe aren't doing this as as much as we are, granted, I have no life. I'll be the first to admit it. This is all I have. <laughs> so maybe things change a little bit and you get the shakeup where you might have a little value to come to you. I think going contrarian at that point maybe not be the best play stick to what you know for the most part i think that's going to be the best strategy going into this like don't make it more complicated than it is yeah it already takes a lot of luck stick to what you know i would agree in saying that there's a time and a place that you want to take your shots and take a risk and yeah. doing it you know in the early rounds is probably not the right thing i mean you know, you're going to see how your draft plays out. So your strategy has to be flexible. I think D said that earlier. Um, That's you, the biggest thing. You can't be so, you can't be so rigid. Like, of course I want to get three running backs to start, but if quarterbacks start flying off the board, I'm going to have to jump on one quickly. Yeah. And at the same yeah. time, if all these running backs are going off the board, am I really going to reach for, you know, a running back, my running back 11 or 12? in the second round when my wide receiver three might be on the board. So, I mean, you got to kind of be smart and be able to adapt and, and also think a couple moves ahead and say, well, if I'm taking this wide receiver here, I definitely got to come back with, you know, this type of dude in this round. So 
you just have to be able to adapt i think is the smartest thing yeah and, and i know don't... for myself it's like being able to read a draft room is one of the most critical aspects of fantasy for me personally it's a knowing how to how the draft might flow to you that'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea on what can fall to you what might what might not fall looking at the people around you what their needs are but it's really like that's kind of like you said have a pivot for every strategy that you might see falling you might love going running back early but that quarterback fell to you so mm-hmm. what's your move at that point don't mm-hmm. be caught off guard come draft day run through your scenarios run through your mock drafts and have a backup plan to your backup plan on that on when come when actually monday comes and it's the real deal yep and, and don't get cute like that you know my one of our co-hosts steve always says like don't get cute you know and and yeah and they always say too that you know no one really wins your league uh just on your draft but with with sfb and and the, you know the uh, hybrid best ball format that it is too it is almost like you need to win your draft mm-hmm. you win win your league on the draft oh, yeah. you, know, you could you definitely need, lose absolutely. your league 100% draft, oh yeah oh, dude absolutely. yeah without yeah. question yeah so don't get cute do what you know uh, these are i hope people need to listen to this cuz we're dropping free nuggets all over the place like this is great this is great info um busy you know so are are there are there any other positions that you feel comfortable waiting on? Or, or what do you feel the most comfortable waiting on? Is there any position that you're fading until, you know, third, fourth, later rounds? Um, and, and yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'll be, like I said, I'm going to, I'm like D said, uh, the receiver is a fade um, because there is such good value later on that you can get. So I'm probably going to hit, you know, I'm going to be looking at running back, quarterback, tight end. You know, not as a priority, but, you know, see what players are falling there. I mean, obviously, if, you know, if somehow, you know, a stud wide receiver is sitting at the, you know, in my at my second round pick, I mean, I'm probably going to, you know, I'll, I'll definitely consider it. But if I can fade a little bit, try to grab some of that value later in the sixth, seventh and eighth round, then I'll probably push that. Um, but. Other than that, like I said, the other positions are going to be – it's all about the the run. You know what I mean? Once the run starts hitting, that's when you got to get on it. So the minute that run hits, you know, get your player. I mean, maybe – you never know. Some It could – every draft – what do we got? Like how many how many leagues are there in this one? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Dude, that's – can you imagine – like just think it about the different scenarios that are going to be no <laughs> I think there's uh it's my bad man. my bad my bad on that. No, but just like when you think about 20, 120, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. No, so you know 120 and you got to think about all the different strategies, all the different things that are going to happen in each one of these drafts. I mean, you're just going to have to like literally look at your, you know, the guys that you're with, like Tommy said, you know, make sure you know who, you know, no other teams needs and you know just really pay attention like Take your time making the pick. You don't have to go in there, and no one's going to be, you know, DMing you on Twitter saying you're on the board. So to a take your time. Extent. To Yeah, to a certain extent. Take your time and, you know, really think about that pick that you're making and make sure it, it makes sense for you and, and what's going on in the rest of the draft. And so it is a slow draft, right? And, and there's definitely going to be guys taking their time. There's guys that are going to be – updating their 
their Josh ADHD app to see where guys are going to get the latest ADP. Uh, but how do you guys feel about about slow drafts? Or are, are you guys ones that, you know, because I, I know me, I like I'm ready to go. I'm when it's my time, I'm up. As long as I see it, I'm ready to pick. And it's not just because like I want to dr- draft fast. Uh, that's just my style. But what where are you guys at? Do you do you take your time? Um, and do you recommend it take for people to take their time? In this format, yes. yeah. I, I do in this one, yes, I do. Absolutely. Like if I'm doing a regular draft with the boys and or with you guys and stuff like that, I you know, I it's kind of funny because we all know each other so well. You know, you, you it's a lot easier when you know the people that you're playing with and their tendencies and who they like and but, mm-hmm. you know, in this format, I would take my time, not, you know, waste six hours on a pick, but take a look at your options and look at all the ADP and the scoring and then just and get an idea, like make sure you feel confident in what you're doing. Because like you said, this is one of those drafts where you're going to you, you basically you're going to you know, you're going you're going to win it in the draft and your you know, your waiver is going to come into play. But that's all you got. So you really got to make sure you make good decisions. Um, early in this thing, so take your time. I, I'm I'm kind of like Tommy on this one. I'm a dude who's ready to go. I mean, of course, I have you know my guys in my head. I'll have a couple ideas, and I take a minute to look at the board again and see who went where, and mm-hmm. you know, make sure I didn't miss anything and stuff like that. But generally, um, I find that I it's paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. If I think about it too much, I'm yeah. gonna fuck it up. So yeah, I, I have my guys. I take a few minutes, maybe at most, but I'm I'm a, I'm a quick decision guy. I'm not going to sit here and sit on it. But I I do respect that others want to take their time with it. But that's just not me. One well, the first in a draft round... like this, I think it's really easy to overthink yourself. Like yeah. normally, I hate slow drafts. Like I understand their place in dynasty, especially when you can make make trades happen during it. And also, like I said earlier, like people have a life, we have jobs or whatever, you know what I mean? And I normally, that's why I love redraft season is because, you know, we can get, get drafts done quickly. That, that adrenaline rush of that two minute clock or whatever it is. Um, but in this, like, I, I do agree. Take your time to a certain extent, but once you think you know what you want to do, do it because you can think yourself into a, just a death spiral of 40 million possibilities that could happen find the guy you like take him yeah it'll probably better off that way one like me like i'm watching the board i'm i i know who's coming up you know so i got at least a couple options ready to roll and i think it's it's because like you said tommy it's like that rush that you get like all right it's my turn to draft and i'm just like ready to smash it like right away you know yeah like like, don't tune out like once you make your pick don't all of a sudden just close out everything like Pay attention to what happens. That way you're not caught off guard when all of a sudden your pick comes up and you're like, okay, what the hell do I no do way. now? Yeah. And we and, and I set, know guys set like your cue. Yep. Please. Always set a cue. So um so Stoner, um, you know, we're we're getting close to the end of this thing and, and I wanna know like who who's some guys that you're targeting late? Who who's guys who who's guys? Who are guys that that you're going to build your depth with that, that you think are going to do really well in this format. I, you sound a, you sound a comedian am, there, Tommy, with who's guys, <laughs> who's guys, eh? who's guys, eh? I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to sit on quarterbacks and tight ends. I think I'm going to try to wait on them. 
Uh, a couple of guys I like at tight end. I mean, I think Jack Doyle is a dude who's just going to eat targets. Mm. Um, as long as he stays whole, I yeah. think that him and Philip Rivers are going to make a beautiful connection together. Um, you know, as far as quarterbacks go, I hate to say it, but Kirk Cousins is a guy that I think yeah. he's going to do well. He's going to get drafted by most people as a quarterback too, but he's probably going to put up QB1 numbers. You know, they run heavy. Yeah. Uh, so his completion percentage is, is going to be up there. Um, you know, and he's still going to have guys like Thielen and, you know, Irv Smith and Rudolph, and, you know, they brought in Jefferson. So he's got guys that, that can make plays for him. So I think he's a quarterback. And, and also Jared Goff. I think that he's got – I hate him because, you know, I'm a Niner fan and he's got really skinny arms, but he's got a solid completion percentage. I think he's got guys around him that can make plays, and he should be another guy that I think you can build your team around. I love Jordan Howard. I mentioned him earlier. Um, As far as receivers that go late, I mean, possession receivers is where it's at, right? So. I mean, if you can snag a Jarvis Landry in the middle rounds and then, you know, a Jamison Crowder type dude later on, I mean, you're getting guys that can put up some points even on a slow day. They're still going to put up some solid points for you. So, I yeah, mean, if, there's if, so many wide receivers, it's pointless to even mention them. If Crowder can can duplicate uh, what he did in the first three weeks of the season last year and extend that through the rest of this season, I mean, that's a hell of a late-round pick right there. Yeah, I like Crowder, and he's still young too. So, uh, so BZ, let's go back to you. Same question: Who, Who's your late round uh, targets? Oh, like I said, I'm gonna. Like I said, with Stoner, I'm gonna kind of follow him. Like with that quarterback and tight ends, I'm gonna be kind of looking a little bit later, uh, especially the tight end. I mean, I'll try to get one early, but not too early. But if I'm going deep, I for a later tight end, I like Irv Smith a lot. I mean, I know he's you know. He's the tight end. You know, he's going to be with uh, going against Kyle Rudolph, but they run a lot of two tight end sets, and you know, I just think that he's with the offense with Stefan Diggs being gone. I think he's going to have a big opportunity with Kirk Cousins this year to kind of step up into a bigger role, and I think he's, you know, I think he just his athletic profile is crazy. He's the kid's a beast. He yeah. like you know get this kid moving, move him all over the place, and he's got. He could be that guy at tight end for you this year that could help push you over. Um, running backs, oh, I mean, Tariq Cohen. You know, I don't think he's crazy late, but I think he's a guy that a lot of people are, you know, sleeping on this year just because of last year and stuff. So great flex you know, play. Well, that's what I'm kind of saying, man. He's he's just that guy that you can get later and pop him in there, and you know he. As you guys see, he's a human joystick. Yeah. You know, he's great in the PPR aspect of it. So I'll take a shot on him. Um, yeah, and I really like Monty this year. I think Monty's going to have a, a nice year and, and continue uh, improving. But I, there's definitely still a role for two code in that offense. And I think you know my Monty love. You know my Monty right. love, man. You know, right. come on now. I've been riding that train all day. <laughs> So, but he's like I said. Once I having Monty too, it's like I look at that, and there is an opportunity for Cohen to get a piece and to have a role in this offense. And you know, I like Anthony Miller. You know, there's another little late wide receiver that kind of flash at the end again last year. 
But, you know, again, with him, it's he, he does have some injury concern with that shoulder. It's kind of getting banged up a few times. So if he ends up missing some time, there's not a lot of depth there at receiver. So Cohen could be on, you know, be in the backfield or be in the slot. And, you know, that you might know just give us more opportunity. Thing about Tariq Cohen. What's that? He, I think he had, he only had like a first down on 20% of his. Like his first down rate was very low for the yeah. large number of receptions he had, but I think that's I think that's going to get better. I think he had a, a of course only five something yards per catch, so I got to believe that he's going to do better on that. I do like Cohen this year. Yeah, um, I, I I think he's a, I think he's a solid player. I think he has a role, and I think with a shortened preseason, you know, Mitch is probably going to start out as the guy, so he's got faith in that dude. I like that pick. Yeah, safety blanket. Yeah, absolutely. Brown. Yep. All right, so uh, D, D Brown, who who do you got for, for late-round targets? Um, Calvin I think, Ridley? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think uh, tight end is a position that I, I want to be open to coming out of the draft with a little bit of depth. Um, some, some of the later guys – you know, that are still getting decent targets. I, I wouldn't even be in mind, uh, you know, pulling the trigger on a Waller, you know, uh, or somebody somebody of that caliber who's getting good volume, you know, seeing, see, seeing, seeing some good uh, some good looks for first down catches. Um, but it seems like tight ends with this scoring seem to be uh, not getting quite as much uh, respect as far as the ADP goes. I feel like there might mm-hmm. be a little something there that uh, that you could find a little advantage coming out of the draft. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, so uh, Trav, who do you got? Who's your uh, yeah, dude? Uh, just uh, just to add to the tight end talk, um, I love me some Will Disley. We call him Billy Diss on the True North pod. That's kind of, he's cousins with the outlaw Jesse James. It's his cousin Billy Diss. Um, and so uh, I love Will Disley, man. It's Everything I've seen is he's going to be back by week one. And I know they brought in Greg Olson, but I think Will Disley has been really good for them when he has played. Um, lots of red zone upside there as well. So that's kind of a, a little tight end name I want to toss in there as a, as a little nugget for you, Tommy. And oh, then yeah. aside from that, everything that I'm going to target late, is going to be upside guys, right? So for the running backs, I really want those guys who right now look like they could be in a bit of a timeshare, like your Chris Thompson's, your um, your Duke Johnson's, your Chase Edmonds, even like Tevin Coleman, uh, maybe a little earlier than some of those guys. But I think there is some opportunity to be had there. And I think if I'm filling out, like if all things are equal at positions on my team, I'm probably going to lean towards the running back later in the draft because if I can, I want those flex spots to be running backs almost every week. Um, and so that's why I think, you know, Duke Johnson, if he catches a David Johnson injury, which is not out of the realm of possibilities, we could see the Duke Johnson that we've wanted to see for the last like five years. And then Chris Thompson coming into into Jacksonville, like he, Leonard Fournette's not getting 100 targets again. Those targets are going to go to Chris Thompson. Yeah. Obviously he doesn't stay healthy, but I think, those are kind of some of the guys that I want. Even, you know, my boy Boston Scott on the birds. Um, even a little earlier than that, like Philip Lindsay, he catches a Melvin Gordon 
injury and boom you got mm-hmm. yourself like a sixth or seventh round running back that's giving you you know really good value so i think that's kind of where i'm looking as i'm getting into the later rounds if all things are equal on the front end of my roster you know right right yeah with four flex spots too well one of them being a super flex yeah you know i i love to fill those flex spots on my rosters with running backs as much as possible uh to get a little bit more of that higher floor and then and then throw in some some uh high upside boomer bust type receivers um to to shore that up a little bit and, and hopefully get a lot of points so this might be the best year to stack those flex spots with wide receivers though don't you think as, as deep as the position is yeah and i think that's what you might end up having to do yeah uh, yeah especially if all the running backs are getting taken early I mean, so that's unless kind you... of my idea with grabbing three beasts right from the gate, and then I can fill in, just grab these receivers down yeah. the road. Yeah, I like that. I think if you if you fade tight end a little bit and you do come out of the draft with three, um, you know, younger, higher upside options where there are some question marks, if two of those guys hit, like, you could easily be starting a tight end in the flex spot every single week and be happy about that, you yeah. know? Well, and, like, okay. someone like Rob Gronkowski – you know, it is definitely a little bit lower in ADP, but, you know, getting paired back up with Tom Brady might be really nice for him in this format. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about a guy like Eric Ebron, too. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one who's not I, being talked about a whole I lot. I hate him, but he should do something. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a great player in that offense, I think. So, Tommy, who do you got? Who's uh, Who's your later round picks? Oh, some guys for me, I mean, I know this isn't necessarily like later round, but I mean, I love Marquise Brown and especially like Brandon Cooks. I love those guys for what they can bring this year. Um, Later on, like don't forget about Preston Williams and what he did last year when he was on the field before he tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. He was outpacing Devontae Adams. I had his name written down. Yeah, don't forget about him. Um, Another tight end you guys um, was Jonu Smith going a little earlier, but could have all the range he wants there. Um, wide receiver Steven Sims. That guy nice. put up some good numbers good one. in Washington. He's the mm-hmm. deep threat there. They brought in Antonio Gandy Golden, who will be more of like your big bodied receiver. Um, Steven Sims, he's that deep burner for them. Get another year with uh, Dwayne Haskins, could look good. Um, Michael Pittman, if he runs that X that mm-hmm. we think he could in uh, Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers, has some high touchdown upside. Um, Brennan Ayuk is another guy with, you have Debo Samuel who's currently hurt. We don't know how long that's going to happen. You're pairing him up in that offense where that the yards after the catch is huge, which is another reason that I really love getting Jimmy Garoppolo later on in the draft. Yeah. High percentage completion guy. Mm-hmm. All of his yards come after the catch. He's accurate. He can make you work with that one. Um, Trav, you brought up, um, Will Disley. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about uh, Russell Gage earlier. Even like I said, I'm not necessarily worried about his impact on Calvin Ridley. He still has a good role as the wide receiver three in Atlanta. They have the number one amount of vacated targets coming up. As much as we want to, you know, throw that stat up in the air, there's still volume for him to have. Um, another running back for me. I'm a Steelers fan, and I know how painful as this is. James Conner can't stay healthy, so I'm looking at Anthony McFarland. Um, nice. You're looking at a guy who yep. can come in as almost that, that Willie Parker role that we used to see, the speedster Dude, who can yes. catch the ball. Fast he looked Willie, good baby. coming Fast out Willie. of Maryland. Fast Willie. What's yep. that? 
Fast Willie. Fast yeah, Willie. he Fast looked Willie good Parker. coming out of Maryland. He can, he can kind of fill a different role that the Steelers don't have. Yes, they have Jalen Samuels. Yes, they brought in his coach from North Carolina State. But he had tight end eligibility two years ago. Like, he's not going to be running those routes coming out of the backfield, that text route, that swing route. So, for me, knowing just, that uh, James Conner can't stay healthy, Anthony McFarland is a guy who I would into, love to have stashed later on. Yeah. He just led into something I was going to throw out there for everyone. I know it's not part of Tommy's script, but where do you guys value some of the bigger name rookies? Um, you know, the C.D. Lambs and the Jerry mm-hmm. Jays in Denver. And, I think you know, Henry Todd Ruggs, Taylor. man. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Rob, like Hen- any of those guys. Henry Ruggs is getting slept on. For this draft? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are around like 8, around, around eight ten. If, if I got Henry Ruggs in the 13th round of a mock draft, buddy. Oh, nice. It was ridiculous. I took him Ooh, because man, why not? Like, He's going to be the number one. And, I mean, when you can – I'm not going to be taking three, four rookie running backs, but those guys who have a clear path, like Henry Ruggs' path, is clear. Mm-hmm. And if I can get him at a value like that, when you're getting him like two, three, four rounds behind where his production is going to be, that's when I'm going to be taking those rookie wide receivers. I mean, if they're if they're going at cost, like, you know, when, when people are doing the ADP – when they're kind of just going with the ADP list on whatever app they're using and whatnot, if people are going to take them right right alongside those guys that they're with on there, then no thank you. But when you see him sitting there for like three, four, five rounds and Henry Ruggs looks like he's going to be the wide receiver one in Oakland regardless of no offseason, I'm into that. Yeah. Ruggs is going to pick 154. Oh, my goodness. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 154. He's actually going ahead of like Anthony Miller. In this draft. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everybody's um, fading the rookies. Everybody is fading these rookies, like, hard. I think fade them to seen... a certain extent. Like, don't build your roster around rookies and rely on them. But build But your get bench. the upside from them. Because yeah. we've seen, like, this has some of the best rookie potential, especially the wide receiver position, we've seen in ever, almost, with, like, with Jerry Judy, C.D. Yeah. Lamb. If they're throwing Henry Ruggs in there, Jalen Rager, yep. who can be the speedster running the D-Jacks role Diddy, yeah. with the Eagles. Justin like, there Jefferson. There are... Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love like Jefferson. there are guys here who can give you potential. Just don't rely on them. Take them at their ADP. Don't reach for them too much. And there's a good shot you could have some with them. Like last year we didn't see much happen with like Paris Campbell, Nikhil Harry, but there were other issues with the team that led to that that could have screwed you over. Everything for looks sure. good if you I... want to get some of these guys. Take some of that upside. Yeah, I like I like taking a risk on a couple of the guys that are definitely going to get a chance to play. Um, you know, it's just hoping that it's not a crapshoot with weeks they pop off. You know, in best ball, this yeah. is great, but when you do got to set a lineup, you're hoping that you know the guys that you're taking that risk on do fucking step up and they do make mm-hmm. consistent plays, and you can fit them in your lineup, and you didn't just waste a pick on a Henry Ruggs. Well, and a guy like Rager is definitely going to be dropping, you know, and I had Ray, Ray Garvin on the show on the last, last podcast. And, you know, he was talking about Rager, you know, I know he's super high on Rager, but he was talking about Rager being the wide receiver one on the team for the Eagles, you know, almost right mm-hmm. away. Like, it, especially mm-hmm. because DJX is coming back um, a little bit hurt as well as Alshon Jeffrey. And so, you know, if you can get that well, Jeffrey guy, might be on the pup. Yeah. You can get him. you know, in 12th mm-hmm. round or the 10 plus any of those guys, 10 plus and, and and this format is going to be killer, and and definitely guys that, yeah. If everyone else is fading them, that definitely needs to be a target where you can really make a difference in this uh, type of format. Rager's at one thirty four in ADP. Yeah, that's that's who I'm getting in eleventh round. I'll take yeah. it right before that. 
Any thoughts of on a on a on a late round? Like, I mean, obviously you're getting super late, but what are your thoughts on uh, Antonio Brown? Is he worth a risk in this kind of a format? Oh, At a certain point, extent, I'm, someone's got to take him. I, I mean, it's say, with those. the yeah. rumblings and with everybody, everything that it looks yeah, like, dude. it looks like he's going to be playing this year, man. It looks like that's it's what I'm happen. saying, dude. I hope if it's you, not like, with the Seahawks. Sound good, but he still has to go through. He's still in the commission exemplar. So whatever happens, yep. even if he signs with the team. He could still be suspended by the yep. NFL, even though he signs with the team. So, which he should. Be. It yeah, makes sense if, I, if you can have him for like the late part of the season. That's fine, but like, you're just taking a dart there, like you would with anyone else in that part. But he would still be a wide receiver two, wide receiver one, if he oh, was yeah. starting right now. Like he's oh, yeah. still a top wide receiver in the NFL. He's a be- better dart throw than any of those guys. And I mean, if you're taking him yeah. in like mm-hmm. behind the 15th round or something, and I know that it's only going to be four weeks that he gets suspended for, I'm going to hold him for those four weeks because then you could even, you know, up. yeah, it's just, it just, I don't know what it's going to look like because he did some pretty crazy shit back then. It's kind of <laughs> easy to forget that with all that's gone on, but I uh, yeah. I so yeah, I bet you haven't. I bet <laughs> you haven't. I never saw this coming out of him. Me neither, dude. I'm yeah. a Steelers fan, dude. I, I'm a I'm a diehard Steelers fan, and I was blown away when this all happened. Did I'm you like, ever see this? Mm-hmm. No, and dude, in Pittsburgh, he was never like this. Like he liked to showboat no. every once in a while, do his little thing. But to what he did, like either Pittsburgh has one of the best damn locker rooms, at, or and whatever they do, and they were, and they kept him under control. But, dude, I was blown away when this just went off. I, I never saw it coming, and I love that guy, man. He was he was one mm-hmm. of my favorite players forever, dude, and it's just yeah. heartbreaking what he was doing. Can I give my take? Yeah, like, Pittsburgh's got one of those locker rooms that, like, it passes down from, like, the veteran to the other guys. Like, Ben has always been really strict on the locker room because he was taught from, like, the Jerome Bettises. Like, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown was taught how to be a professional from Heinz Ward, and Antonio yep. Brown, like, learned that and everything. Like, when did all this change? Because, like, yeah, I hear Ryan Clark come out and saying, like, don't give this guy the money. He'll all of a sudden turn into a diva. Like, Ryan Clark has a grudge against Antonio Brown, but it's like was right. I, either Pittsburgh and the Roonies have, are spending more money covering up in the media than they do on their salary cap, or Antonio Brown just, like, flipped a switch when Vontez Burfecht knocked his ass out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I, – I, something I, happened, dude. <clears throat> I – I used to love Antonio Brown. I was 100% on his side. Um, I think BZ, then I trade for. I got Antonio Brown from you, I think that was last year, and totally ate that trade. But I was I all, th- <laughs> all in on Antonio Brown, and I think he really was trying to make a ploy to try to get to New England and play with Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And And he knew if he just acted crazy that he could get out of his contract in Oakland because – the Steelers were never going to just let him go straight to New England, right? So no. he created this elaborate scheme that almost worked. He came real close, but then it didn't, you know, and he totally had to eat shit for it. And he went crazy because the guy does love to compete and he does love to be a football player and be in the NFL. And all of that was taken away from him because he screwed over the wrong people. And you don't screw mm-hmm. over the owners in the NFL. At the end Big of the day, facts. it's a good old boys club and they're not going to take that shit. And I don't think especially he'll, the Roonies. especially the Roonies, especially the uh, Mark Davis. Like, say what you want about you know Al Davis or whatever, but the guy and the family has been respected in the league amongst the owners. You know, they're mm-hmm. the owners like him. You know, and so to screw over those kind of guys, it's it's not good, and it's not going to let you back in the league. And and I could go on a rant all day about Antonio Brown. Yeah. 
fucking hate Antonio Brown, and it's my podcast <laughs> to say that shit. Somebody mute Tommy. Somebody mute Rand, please. Can't fucking stand that guy. You know, and take off your fucking. That, that was that was my bad, bro. My take bad. Take off your Raiders helmet when you're doing all these stupid ass videos on social media <laughs> because you didn't yeah. earn the right to wear that helmet. Can he stop wearing the Steelers helmet too? All of it. Yeah, great. He disgraced that one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Weird number. Anyway, totally off topic. Totally just going off in a rant. And <laughs> free nugget, baby. Free <laughs> nugget. Fuck Antonio Brown. Free nuggets. But if he's yes. there, but if he's there in the twentieth <laughs> round, why not throw a dart throw? Yeah. I mean, fuck it, right? Like, Thank you, but I'll take you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't stand just a person, but I'll take it. It's like Michael Thomas on social media. Hey, I love hell you. yeah, Tyree Kill, all those guys. Whatever, man. It's a game, you know. He's bouncing back from that, man. I mean, yeah, he's working out with choir boy Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. I love so Tyreek, he's, man. He's, oh, I'm, I'm talking about AB. He's making oh, steps, and he's yeah, going to get back. He's making the right moves, dude. He's making the right moves. I'm saying it. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. too crazy. He's too How crazy. scary would that be, though? <laughs> AB, Lockett. And DK Metcalf, like the, you have oh, no excuse to let Russell Wilson I would hate finally it. throw yeah. six hundred times a season. Like he's not wow. going to him loose. He's they're not going to do that until Pete Carroll gets fired. There is no way that Russell Wilson will throw for six hundred passes. In my opinion, yeah. I just I, I don't see it happening. No, I totally so agree, I don't, but it's a shame. Heavy. Yeah. Oh, it's a damn shame, and I, I'm with you there, man. Like let him sling it for sure. But I think that's where part of his efficiency comes from is that he doesn't have to sling it that many times a year, and they do have such a good running game. So I think I think that might mess up the entire vibe of the offense if they started doing that just because there would be less of that run game. And um, I just don't want A.B. to go there because D.K. and Lockett are like green lights this year, man. Yeah. The problem oh, is, yeah, though, like in Seattle, it's like you have an offensive line that is built to run forward. They suck when they have to start moving back. Uh-huh. And that's one of the issues that you have with the way that team is built. Yeah. Well, I I think we could go all day uh, on on multiple topics because I think this is such a great group of guys that we have assembled here today. Um, But, you know, eventually we do got to cut it off and we do got to cut it because it's already getting long. But it's so such great information Uh, before we leave. uh, Let's go around the horn and have everyone give one last free nugget to the listeners for your best advice for the Scott Fishbowl for SFBX. And let's start with you, Tommy. Sit back and enjoy it. Uh, that's the biggest thing I can say. You know what? I, I can sit here and tell you about players and strategy, but sit back and enjoy it. You're going to play with people that you normally wouldn't probably interact with, celebrities, fantasy analysts, whoever. Take your time and enjoy it. I'm not saying spend eight hours on the clock, but enjoyed and also remember what this is about like this is about for charity as much as we love wanting to win it Uh giving kids a christmas through toys for tots and fantasy cares that's when this really hits home and then my final thing is like to those who weren't lucky enough to make it in the scott fishbowl please do not take this as some kind of slight against you by scott i i'm sure everyone in here and who's ever has met him can tell you he is one of the most genuine and kind people mm-hmm. you will ever meet in the fantasy fantasy community. Absolutely. Nothing malicious or intentional and intentional has happened. It's a random draw. There's only so many people that can make it in. So please don't take it as some kind of slight. I've already seen the comments. I've seen some stupid ass burner <sighs> account parody that was Blocked. made. 
Guys, please. <laughs> this has nothing personal. So well, please, at the end of the day, remember what this is about. The spirit of the Scott Fishbowl. And if you didn't get in, sign up for a satellite. Still donate yes. to Fantasy Cares. Mm-hmm. Log on and watch this, the Podathon. Uh, you know, try Thank to you. donate to that too. Um, just and, and sign up for next year. The signups are already up, so get in, yeah. get started. There's already I don't know, I think a thousand people already that have signed up in a day. It's insane. And so yeah, that's that's a great point. Enjoy it, but remember what this is about. Um, yeah. and it's for the kids. Winning is great, so I've been told at least, but <laughs> it's not the main aspect. It's so close. <laughs> that's a great one. So close. Free nuggets. <laughs> All right, uh, D Brown, what, what's your one free nugget for, for the listeners? Um, mine would just be, you know, go into the draft with an open mind, have a plan, you know, stay committed to your decisions, but stay flexible in your approach. Yeah. Yep, I like it. Free nuggets. All right, Trav, what's your free nugget? Yeah, man, I think uh, first thing is to know the scoring settings inside and out because they are different. Um, there is, you know, little nuances to it, like the like the half point for tight end. So make sure you know the scoring setting. But kind of similar to what Tommy G was saying over there, just make sure you participate, right? Get in on these group chats. Get in on some of these mock drafts. Like I did a mock draft where you toss five bucks down to Fantasy Cares, and it's a best ball league for the nice. year where 10 bucks goes to the winner and the rest of it goes to Fantasy Cares or whatever. And most of the people in it said they're going to donate that 10 bucks if they win anyway, you know? And, like, it's it's just cool getting in there. And, and I've definitely noticed I've made connections with people who I know normally don't interact with on Twitter and whatnot. And I think that's a big piece of it is building that sense of community and kind of giving back. So I just encourage anybody to participate. Uh, make sure you go donate to get yourself an Abbey and a banner. Make sure, you know, w- when they were selling them, go to Roto wear and get a, get a shirt and just kind of support the cause. Right. And be, be a part of what I, what I think of are like festivities, right? It's like, it's like internet festivities. If you're going, yep. you know, if you're going to a fair or something like that and you're meeting a bunch of new people in the beer gardens or whatever, Whatever. this is like the fantasy beer gardens and and uh i'm definitely and i don't drink in uh in real life but i'm i'm throwing them back in the scott fish bowl that's for sure oh yeah free thank Nugget. you trav for missing for mentioning the uh sfb avies it's like i know tommy mo you and stoner you guys got into that as well <clears throat> yep. like the giveaway we were doing with those guys uh, like that ended up raising almost 500 dollars on itself like mm-hmm. please go out there donate however you can like I don't know if anyone has ever like grown up in a family that like believe it or not it's pretty easy to struggle when it comes to Christmas especially mm-hmm. 2020 yeah, especially this year this is as bad as it gets yep for most of us yeah a little bit goes a long way yeah I so, agree find whatever avenue you can however much you feel comfortable and if you're able to it means a lot all right BZ what do you got for your free nugget oh man these guys have been Jacking my nuggets like crazy right now, dude. What the hell? <laughs> that sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> uh, you know, like, gift. there yeah. it is, dude. It is. And I'm out. No, um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, honestly, dude, it's just to enjoy the ride of it all. Like, if it's your first yeah. year, whether it's your 10th year, just enjoy the, you know, enjoy being with some new people, going up against some people you might normally not normally go against. You know, on a yearly basis, again, understand what the whole 
why we do this. It's I mean, it's for charity. So just have a good time. You know, go out there, give it your best. Don't hold back. Know the scoring, and you know, just get into different things where you can donate to charity and just have fun with stuff. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And you know, just enjoy the ride. Oh yeah. Free nuggets. Yeah, especially if you're it's your first year, uh, enjoy it. It goes fast. Um, all of a sudden, you could be on the bottom of the list, and there's lists out there, so everyone's gonna see exactly where you're ranking throughout the year and see how bad you're doing or how good you're doing. Um, so that's I love the fun seeing of those videos too. of people that get in for the first time. Oh, it's so it's good. Like for me, last year, I don't, I don't know if BZ, you were in there or not. I know Rhino was at one point, but we were in the SFB Potathon chat. I got in. The night before the draft, I didn't see the email until 1.30 after the draft had already started to get oh, in. Wow. I got the golden wow. ticket. Like, it's Holy never shit. too late. Like, won. just interact. Yeah. Holy I got shit. in. Like, the email got sent to me at 1.30 in the morning on that Monday morning when the draft started at 11 in the morning. If that makes sense. I saw it at work at 1 p.m., said, screw you guys, and I walked out of work. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah I was people, wow, resigned dude. to not playing. People are still getting invites like today. Um, and it, you will. It's happening. Yeah. You people, will. And, and so even if you are, if you're listening to this and you're, you're not in, shoot, there still might be a chance you get in. I, I didn't get Trust an official me. web uh, email invite last year. I would just add it to a Twitter list, and that's how I found out I got in. So, you know, there's so many people and there's so many people that apply um, that, you know, it, it's, it just takes time. It's a, it's a process. And some of those people that even do get invited don't show up or sign up. So they have to fill it with yeah. other people. Dude, mm-hmm. I just signed up for, I just signed up for 11. It's at 2,415 right Dang. now. I signed up last night. It That's was amazing. at 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. 2,400 people right now. Holy smokes. Uh, I'm waiting. I signed up I'm number 154. Nice. Nah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting till this is fully done. Till I get done with SFB, SFB 10, then I'll clean the slate. Right but I'm on. not, I'm not jinxing and looking forward. <laughs> All right, Stoner, close us out with your uh, your free nugget for the night. The free nugget of the night is to expect the unexpected. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, your your whatever you think is going to happen during your draft is not going to happen. <laughs> so free nugget. Be prepared. That's right. Expect the unexpected. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Expect the unexpected. <laughs> and, you know, my, my free nugget is, is get out there and spread the word. You know, um, I think the more people that know about it, yeah, it's going to be harder to get in and more people are going to apply. But, again, it's all for charity. You know, so mm-hmm. if, if you're participating in the Scott Fishbowl, talk about it. Tell people about it. You know, put it up on Facebook and Instagram and other places and just spread the word and let people know it's for charity. Let the people know they can donate and, and help out uh, even if they're not in. You know, and I think, um, you know, this has grown to where it's at now where it's getting, you know, a lot of people that aren't on Twitter, I, I, I'll hear that they've heard about Scott Fishbowl, you know, and, and, and it's getting so big. Um, but again, it's all for a great cause and it all goes to kids and it all goes to charity and, and uh, yeah, Scott takes zero from it. And, um, you know, I think we're all lucky to be, to be able to play in this great tournament with, with all these great analysts and fans and, and everyone that we interact with on Twitter. Um, so yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the Scott fishbowl. And hopefully this podcast has helped give you those last bit of free nuggets, info, strategy, tips, uh, anything that, that will help you smash that draft and, and get you 
hopefully to hoist the SFB X. Free. No if it hasn't, and if it hasn't helped, eat a bag of dicks. Hell yeah. Boom, <laughs> baby. got it in. You got it in. <laughs> I knew it was coming, dude. I knew it was coming. Save the best That's for last. Beautiful. And so, yeah. yeah, thanks again for everyone for showing up. Again, we had Tommy Garrett at Tommy Garrett PFN, BZ at the BZ BFF, Fancy Stoner at Fancy FB Stoner, Travis Seal at T Seal 14, and D Brown at D Brown FF 88. You can find all of those guys on Twitter. And you can find me, Tommy Moe, at 2 on 1 FFB. As always, thanks for stopping by. And remember, with the two on one crew, you'll always outnumber the competition. Yee. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Giddy up, baby. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah, fellas. Bad boy, good boy.